The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're talking spring news, TGFBI, and our do not draft players on underdog best ball here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are sponsored by Fantrax, the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports and underdog fantasy, home of the biggest best ball contests in the industry. Clay Link here with Todd Zola. Great to be back on with you, Todd. And you're on location in Florida. So thanks for, even though you're traveling, uh, doing the pod and I know you're getting set for AL Labor tomorrow. Were you able to catch any games down there in Florida? Yeah, I'm in West Palm Beach. Was able to get to Jupiter on Tuesday night, see some Red Sox and, who was it, Miami? And then on Wednesday, I was at West Palm for some Red Sox in Houston, kind of seeing a pattern here. And yesterday, I got to hang out with the one and only Ron Chandler, his fifth row behind the home plate seats at the Mets Stadium, Port St. Lucie. And we caught the Mets. And who was the Mets? Who, who, who beat the Mets? It'll come to me. Oh, the Braves. The Braves. The Braves beat the Mets. So, yes, I've seen the pitch clock in action. I've seen violations. I've seen uh, – I did not – I have not get to – Ron was telling me all about Max Scherzer and how he plays – with the batter's heads as far as the uh, clock goes. Did not get to see that in action. Yeah, you know, it seems like the pitch clock may work in uh, Scherzer's favor. Talked a lot about how pitchers adjusting to the pitch clock. Seems like hitters having a little trouble too. And with a guy who's forcing the issue like Scherzer, it just makes him all the more difficult. I mean, sometimes you force your own, you know, you you, you see what you want to see, right? And to me, it looked like some of the hitters looked a little rushed. And I don't know if this is going to be the case. I don't know how much it's going to matter to us, but, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see more first pitch takes just because, the you know, the batter isn't kind of in his routine yet. Mm-hmm. And he may need that first, you know, that first pitch to get because he needs to get in the box and be ready or he gets a called strike. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some first pitch uh, takes more than normal. And then you're kind of in your routine in the box in and out. What I do know is having watched it and having the batter need to be ready at eight seconds. No would be about halfway through the first glove by the time he needed to be in the box. So I do think it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. And 
if a guy a guy was buzzed and you know he kind of did the you know he kind of had a little bit of walk around collect themselves the timekeeper the timekeeper the the timekeeper at the bell uh the time the timer it, it gave him a few seconds to kind of collect themselves so okay, you know what if that was a strategy was to buzz a guy to get him back in the box 15 seconds later you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, I saw that with Ben Joyce. Like some, he threw one high and inside, and then the, the guy had to get back in in a hurry. And well, the, umpire, the one kinda... that I saw, the umpire gave him a beat. So maybe, maybe there was a you know they, they saw that, and they didn't. Yeah, they don't want that to be you know you don't you don't want to yeah. throw up and in as a strategy to get well. You know what I mean? So maybe they they collected that. I don't know, but um, it's going to take getting used to. The other thing to keep in mind too is the clock. I think is here to stay. But the timing, they could add five seconds. You know, I think that could be – that could change. I think they could add five seconds. Yeah, if they if they feel the, the quality of the game is detracted with batters having to get in so quickly, I think they may – it's a work in progress, and we'll, we'll just have to see. I am glad that I won't have to watch guys like Nomar – Garcia Parra adjusts their uh, <laughs> batting gloves 50 million times. But players are such creatures of habit, and they're not just – us. Well, they're not superstitious, but players are a little stitious, and uh, their routines, yeah. you know, getting thrown off may affect them a little bit. It's um, just to get out of the routines, and I think yeah. that I think you know, it's, such it's a routine for a pitcher to to figure out his routine than I think for a batter. I think the bat the pitcher can probably change. His, I mean, uh, we know that Louis Garcia from Houston is going to have to change his motion because not so necessarily the time clock, but. They're looking on on box, and he doesn't. His motion went from the windup is kind of illegal. Yeah, Kevin be a Gausman, now, right? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Gausman is going to have to change his motion. Um, then there's the Kenley Jansons who are already working the bullpen to work faster. So, yeah, those are adjustments, but uh, yeah, I think the point you're making of hitters having to adjust, yeah, maybe something think, we haven't really thought about as much. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. I think the pitchers will make their adjustments because that's all they do. You know, I mean, they're they have to do it. 100 times a game, right? Whereas mm-hmm. a batter only does it four or five times a game. So I, yeah, I think that true. the uh, I think the batters, I think they will. I think most of the batters will. But we'll see. I mean, there's going to be someone who's messed up in the head, and we don't know who it is, and I'm probably going to draft them. <laughs> yeah, some of uh, those routines will get thrown off a little bit, and it'll be a, a year of adjustments on both sides. Well, Todd, big news yesterday, not even news, <laughs> honestly, but the big kind of – talking point let's say in the fantasy world yesterday was that corbin carroll triple that you may have seen absolutely incredible speed he flashed he stumbled across first base and still easily had a triple. um our buddy rob silver was saying hey you know main events this could be a, a guy who's going up the two three turn and look rob doesn't usually uh miss on on these and well, that may seem like an overreaction. It's it's that speed, I think, that Carroll brings to the table that those uh, players in the overall contest will be chasing. And 2-3 turn doesn't sound crazy to me. It's it, I don't think it is. That's where I initially had him ranked. And wow. I was like, there's, and, there's like, and that's because the translations put him around that point, the MLEs. I'm like, there's just no way. And mm-hmm. I, had a, I had to calm it down a little bit, interject a little of my own, you know, bring it back. We're going to talk TGFBI in a little bit. I got him in every one of my first few TGFBI drafts. Uh, then I said, you know, I got to I got to start to, you know, get a few other players than Corbin Carroll, and his his ADP jumped in the in, in the underdog, so I, I backed off a bit. But 
yeah, I, um, it's more number scouting than me. Our friend Eric Cross is all over him as far as having seen him play. Several other scouts are very high on him. Um, but the translations are just silly. If he can hit left-handed pitching, he's going to be a difference maker. And you're right. I do think – and I kind of – the reaction to 2-3 turn was like, oh, I'm not – so much for me getting him, you know, you know, getting him because I'm not going to pay that price. I'd rather wait a few – a little longer and push up a Jake McCarthy than push up the Corbin Carroll. That's interesting because I'm kind of on the other side on McCarthy. I don't – maybe I just need to turn that stone over again and really dive into it, but I feel like he's being overdrafted. Uh, I think – I don't know – for sure, um, I need to once once gambling in Massachusetts is legal in a week or so. I'm going to look around to try to find a uh, Jake McCarthy leading the NL in steals prop. Hmm. Um, I'm not saying like it's going to happen, yeah. but the possibility it's possible. is there. The thing with McCarthy, maybe this is where you're ed- edging, is the uh, Diamondbacks. Well, well, Guriel's going to play. I mean, but they are still they're still pretty left-handed, and they may end up platooning one of the outfielders, and if or or just to give another just to give an outfielder some more run, it may be McCarthy that loses some playing time against Southpaws and not Carroll. So maybe that's where you're coming from that he's being overdrafted for a platoon player, and he probably is. But the steals he may give are, you know, again we're talking six or seven or eight rounds difference, maybe even more than that. I can mm-hmm. check my TGFBI board and find out where and remind myself where McCarthy's going. But all I'm saying is relative to each other, I'd rather get McCarthy at that price than Carroll at his. I got Carroll in the fifth round of TGFBI, but I think that's uh, the last time I'll be having a chance at Carroll in the fifth. Uh, so just beware that if you want the guy, you're going to have to get aggressive. Another youngster making – little bit of uh, waves in the fantasy world. Jordan Walker. Now, Todd, I know you don't have a crystal ball, okay? But if you had to guess right now, and I'm making you guess, um, how do you see this Cardinals outfield situation shaking out over the next few weeks? Do you think Walker forces his way onto this team? Um, do, I look, do I look like Brian Walton? Um, <laughs> yeah, he would be the guy that asked for Cardinals info. Jake McCarthy went in the sixth by Ray Murphy. Oh, wow. Um, Carol went in the fourth to Nick Pollock in my TGFBI. Um, the best I can do for you, Clay, is say that everybody that I've listened to and asked says he's going to get an opportunity, Walker, is going to get an opportunity to take the spot. Whether he gets it or not remains to be seen, but he is going to get every opportunity to win a full-time outfield spot for the Cardinals. And it, from people telling me is, it's more about the glove. It's more about can he handle the defense and keeping in mind the Cardinals are, they care about defense as much, if not more than any other team. So it's as left field. They just put, it's like, you know, not like a Manny Marrera, Manny Ramirez, which is my, yeah, geez, my examples, you really date myself. You see how old I am by the, some of the, you know, by, you know, some of the I players, not too dated. Examples. but um, uh, Manny Ramirez. Uh, but the point being, if he can handle it defensively in left field, they're probably going to let the bat, you know, let them grow into the, let them grow into the bat. I mentioned this on XM with Jeff Erickson today, but Jeff Jones beat writer, uh, Cardinals beat writer for the Bellevue news Democrat made a good point on Twitter that, uh, you know, they could have buried him in the lineup. Jordan Walker had him DH and then talked about him needing reps when 
time came to cut down on the roster, but they've done the opposite. And so the way things are trending, you know, still don't know, but it looks like maybe Jordan Walker will be on that opening day roster. Then it boils down to, you know, is Del Carlson the odd man out then? Do they trade Tyler O'Neill or somebody? Yeah, um, well, a lot I mean, up in the air for St. Louis. This, I think the the whole DH thing, you know, they want a place for Juan Yepes is bad. Yeah, Yepes is a guy I kind of always forget about. Yeah, so that that you know, other, other, you know, and I think the reason you just don't put Carroll at DA, um, Carroll, I'm bad, you know, Jordan Walker at DH. First of all, I mean, he's a pretty good athlete, you know, coming from third base. I think they feel he can play the outfield. But I don't think I think they if they want him to develop as a ball player, just putting him in DH to get the bat in the lineup. I think they want the glove too. They've got. They, I heard an interview with the with the Cardinals and Jim Bowden and on the MLB Network Radio and uh, Danny Danny Wexelman, I believe, the, a couple nights ago, and they, they were saying that every business. I mean, New Park could play center. I mean, they don't know who's going to play where yet. They're going to give everybody a good long look. They're losing a lot of players to the WBC but they're going to do the best they can and nothing is really set in the card. I mean, they kind of know the guys that are fighting for the positions, but where the end, I mean, O'Neill can play center too. So we would kind of know the principles, the usual suspects, but we, where they align in, I don't know that that matters so much for fantasy. We know these guys are going to play. We don't really care where O'Neill plays. Although, I mean, some leagues have that, right. They have the specific sure. left, right center, but the vast majority of leagues, they just, it's just outfield. True. It just seems like one guy could get squeezed or maybe there's something, another shoe to drop here. If Walker does indeed make the roster, he's leading off today for St. Louis. So they are giving him a real look. Uh, notice, trade, sorry. You said you don't want to trade Dylan Carlson for Juan Soto, but yet he could be the odd man out. It's just <laughs> yeah. the way things work out, right? I hope that report's uh, not true. At least for it's the not a one for one. It was just Cardinals. in the pack. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's hard to fathom even what six months. It was hard to fathom at the time when that report came out, but even more so six months after that deadline. Uh, I was up this morning early, Todd, in putting spring lineups. It's it's kind of funny, you know, spring lineups, the early ones come out at about 7 a.m. Central time. So we have people up early inputting those and confirming Would it be cool if if it was your job to, like, tell the teams what their lineup was going to be? I'd love to fill out the lineup. So you, so you you set the line of all these teams at seven in the morning. That'd be good. Well, we appreciate all the beat writers who are up that early. That's even earlier, you know, Arizona time. I guess most of those early ones are Florida, but uh, we appreciate them reporting those because yeah, we get them into the admin and confirmed for all of our users. I noticed first thing I noticed this morning was Alex Bregman was making his debut. So he had a fractured finger. Last off season or in the World Series, I should say, uh, slow played this spring, but ready to make his debut. I have him seventy one overall. I'm just kind of wondering if I made this comparison on the XM with Jeff. Like, it almost feels like uh, Paul Goldschmidt at this time last year. Now Goldschmidt runs, so that's not really part of Bregman's game. But uh, do, do you kind of feel like Bregman's being undervalued at large here? No, I no? I am the anti Bregman. Um, okay. Goldschmidt hits the ball hard. Alex Bregman doesn't. Uh, Alex, Bregman, Alex Bregman's plate skills are unreal, though. Yeah, but that's fine. You know, so he's, so he, he patiently hits the ball at a medium uh, exit velocity. He is built for uh, Minimade, but as long as he's still in there, I mean, it's one of those, well, he's a course field guy. Well, he's still in course, so you want him. Yeah. You know, he, he is built for Minimade. He's still in there. 
so he's still going to produce. But I, I just I worry. Um, I don't. Now that he's no longer running, if I'm not in an OBP or a points league, I have no interest. And in, I have this argument with Derek Van Riper every year when we draft our our, our NFBC team that drafts before this before the season ends. He's a Bregman guy. I'm not. Um, I think one year, I think last year we won and we actually ended up with Bregman because he finally fell to one round where it's like, hey, Derek, you can take him here if you want. It's like, okay, we will. <laughs> but yeah, we, nice. yeah, I've just, it, it's a bad ball data. He is so reliant on, on the, on the um, Crawford boxes that I, I kind of want my player to have skills that go beyond needing the park. And here I am going to be drafting Adam Duvall in AL labor because it, the park's built for him. So, you know, it, it goes both until my, until my argument doesn't meet my, uh, my, my narrative, then it's, then it's, uh, you know, the narrative's true until it doesn't make my case. Well, look, I, I think it's good to get kind of the other opinion on Bragman because I've been pushing him up a little bit. And uh, just cause there's a drop off at third base there, the play skills are so steady. And I kind of feel like we all look at him and see no, real upside but with those crawford boxes maybe there is a little sneaky i think the upside upside. is the is the fact that the floor is so high yeah he doesn't really need it when you got that kind of floor i guess yeah and it's weird it's ugly after you're usually the upside guy and i'm usually the floor guy and we're kind of flipped yeah we're kind of flipped on brigman but that's it's good to to hash that out because yeah just kind of a feels like he's kind of in this dead zone between tiers of third baseman. And it feels like he'll, in my opinion, he'll probably go closer to that front uh, or the closer earlier tier than the later tier of third. Just sitting up my chairs. Let's see where, if I can figure out where, where I have Bregman rank relative to any of the other, the other players. I actually only done AL only. Um, where do I, where do I see him? Man, I don't see him. So if I'm not looking up high enough, it must, Oh no. You know what? In a mixed league, I've got Bregman as the in-between Arenado and, and Gunnar Henderson. Oh, so, so you I, have him ahead of Henderson. Okay, yeah. Just, I mean, the one just spot. The, so yeah. it, it's, a, it's a buck. If, you know, if he, it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. And if you put with it shortstop, I have him as the sixth highest short, sixth highest third baseman. But I think you're right as far as drop-off goes, because next on the list is – uh, Josh Rojas, Eugenio Suarez, and Cabron Hayes, Cabrian Hayes, mm-hmm. who are bad players, but I think that's a pretty decent drop. Once you yeah, get as people, Bregman. I think as people draft and stare into that abyss at third base, people will kind of push Bregman closer to that earlier tier. Just yeah, looking at the, the they're remaining definitely doing with an Arenado. I mean, I have Arenado just one click ahead of Bregman, but he's being pushed up closer to Austin Riley. I feel like maybe there is some some upside still remaining, but as you said, you don't even really need it where with the floor being so high on Bregman, the context, the, the Crawford boxes. Well, when I, when I think of upside, I think of a skill popping. The upside for Bregman is if he just luckily pulls a few more fly balls and ends up with more homers. Yeah. Maybe so, he chips I mean, in a, a five bags or so. He could. And you know what? With the, the new, new rules, rules, I haven't looked at Bregman yet with the new rules. He might, maybe. he's a heady player. So maybe he'll figure it out. Well, we got a few other spring notes to touch on, but real quick, a word from uh, one of our sponsors on the podcast, Underdog. Fantasy baseball season is underway, and there's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has 
MLB best ball tournaments live, including the Dinger, which I've played a few and super fun. Dinger has a five hundred thousand uh, dollar pot in total prizes in best ball. All you do is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign in with the promo code RWMLB, and not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to 100 bucks. But you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. We'll be talking a little bit more about Underdog later in the show with our uh, Underdog segment. And the topic today was do not draft players on Underdog, which I found are, you know my do not draft players are harder to come up with than my, my favorite sleepers. So. It's kind of a tough list for me to come up with, but um, I got five and we'll get Todd's picks for do not draft later in the show. And those are underdog specific, by the way. But Todd, I want to talk a little bit about Jared Kelnick. I, you probably don't want to talk much about him, but <laughs> look, he's uh, he's another surgery. He's got three homers already. He had another one Wednesday. AL labor with, you know, you and James and Jason Collette and all these great Mines, including multiple from Rotowire. Really interesting to see how the field treats Jared Kelnick because it's still going to have a lot of skeptics, but maybe he's swaying some people. Would you consider yourself more toward the skeptic side, or is he starting to maybe win you back or at least get you sniffing around again, Jared Kelnick? I am not anti-Jared Kelnick, and he would be somebody that I would be interested in different time, different place. Um, labor, it's an auction. And I'm going to have some certain targets that I'm going to go after. And I don't, I mean, I'm not, if it goes too high, I will drop, but I will get the second to last bid in. And I don't know that I'm going to have the, the capital, the, the, the budget to pay what I think is going to cost for Kalanick with, with his recent surge. And it's just the kind of, I think people are going to be looking where I'm going to be drafting my upside elsewhere. I think people will be into him. I, He's too good not to figure it out, but he's just been historically terrible. You know, it's kind of one of those things where uh, it's, it's something's got to give, if you will. And I think he will be fine. The other thing about labor is it's old, old school in that there's a reserve, but you can't just, oh, no, Kellenic's in a slump. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him on the bench until he snaps out of it and I'll activate him. You can't do that in labor. You have to mm-hmm. play through the bumps, play through the Colorado starts if you're in the NL. You could drop him. You can just release him, and then someone can pick him up for, for fab. But uh, if he's active in the MLB, he needs to be on your roster. Yeah, so if he struggles again, you have to eat all that. And that actually, the last time I was in labor, I had to do that with Kelnick. And it hurt. I was wrong on him as a prospect coming up, but this feels like this is now like post-hype hype. Like he doesn't even fit into the post hype sleeper anymore. He's kind of got he's, the post hype. He's a post hype surger. To just twenty three. I mean, he's not even that old. You yeah. only have one. You can only have one post before your name at his age. <laughs> True. Uh, you know, I I like what I'm seeing here, and I like you know the results of the results. It's spring training results, whatever. But I like his attitude so far. The I just saw some quotes that he's trying to win every pitch. Yeah, it sounds great, but. 
you know, maybe he was a little overly confident in his abilities when he came up. And just being in that moment and taking it pitch by pitch is how you have to do it. You, you can't be, you can't be thinking about, you know, the larger picture when you're in the batter's box, you have to just be in the moment. And it feels like he's there. Peter Gammons. Yeah. It's Peter Gammons. You know, say what you will about how in touch he is with things right now, but you mentioned on Twitter that he believes that the Mariners emphatically believe Kalnick's beginning his takeoff. So uh, I'm expecting him to get maybe not really pricey, but probably crack the top 200 in some drafts. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. And I grew up with Peter Gammons and maybe he lost a little off his fastball, but he's still the man to me. You know, one of, just the respect yeah, I like aspect lot, of it. Too. I didn't um, know you grew up with him. Well, I mean, Boston, he was, that's where he, yeah. that's where he I mean, did you the know Boston the notes, the notes, the Gammons notes were second only to USA today. And I still have a lot of respect for him. Survived the stroke and he's a rock and roller. Seen him play at the, at the, um, uh, I first, uh, a hot stove, cool music that he have in Boston. They have it in Chicago too, with Theo, oh, Theo cool. plays rocking through the free world. Neil Young, Theo, Theo, Theo can play that blindfolded. <laughs> Uh, every year, every get, year. Uh, rocking in the free world by Theo Epstein. Anyway, but uh, nah, I just think so. Love to get uh, Peter Gammons, Theo Epstein, and maybe Bronson Arroyo into yeah. a band. Arroyo played. Arroyo played. Um, yeah, he's a grunge guy though. I mean, he played acoustic. Oh, acoustic sounds really good, but he's a grunge guy. And I stopped listening to music when grunge, when 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 grunge became the the form of alternative in the early '90s is when I kind of stopped, and I started listening to my old stuff again. I hear you, man. I'm already reaching that point where I can't really listen to new new stuff. It's I know I'm missing pretty much revisit revisit the '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Well, um, I'm missing some new stuff, but whoa, Jazz Chisholm hit a home run. Nice. Okay, good. Nice. Well, that's boost him up a couple of rounds. <laughs> kid, of um, Jose Miranda, Todd, skipping out on the WBC. I'm kind of just wondering what your concern level is here. Could be limited to first base DH early on. As long as he's playing, should be okay. But given that he did skip the WBC as a result of this and not able to play third, do you worry a little bit about Miranda's shoulder? I was unaware. I've been traveling this week, was unaware that he had an issue because he's. I, I like Jose Miranda as a player based upon the underlying, you know, stat cast type metrics. His... And my big thing is I don't care about average exit velocity. I care about average exit velocity on fly balls because uh, that drives power. And there's a, too much – I don't want to say – there's a little bit of happenstance in – the harder you hit the grounder ball, the better chance of getting hit, especially without a shift. But it's all about the um, fly ball exit velocity. And he was uh, among the leaders. And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't quite get credit for it in the home run column that he should have. I thought it was coming. Um I guess the fact that he is hitting and is playing first base is I think you can't get too down. It just, it sounds like it's the throwing motion more than anything else. Um, but, you know, and when we, when we talk, when we talk underdog in a little bit, you know, I'm sure one of us is going to use the word injured and maybe the word not before it. And, you know, now, you know, do I take him an underdog because there's a possibility that this grows into something more. So if that's if that means that I have concern, I guess I do. 
but I do, I, I'm okay with the fact, if I'm a keeper list and I got Miranda, the fact that he can still hit is optimistic. Yeah, I'm with you. I was really excited. I'm maybe lowering him like a few spots in the overall list, but not a, not a ton until this, you know, affects his availability at the plate. Then I might have to get serious, but uh, arbitrary endpoint alert. Uh, after the start of May, he hit, yeah, 268, 325, 426 with 15 homers. So really that bad first month was really the only time he had significant struggles, Miranda. Yeah, and it's he should have even had more power than he did. Yeah, and I think like he got sent down, and then he was called up right away the next day after Royce Lewis got hurt. And maybe it was a comfort thing. Like now that he had a, a leash, he, he finally found a little bit more comfort yeah. and found himself in the box. But uh, – yeah, no, you got to look at the whole picture, but I just was really impressed with how he turned the page on those early struggles, Miranda, and uh, yeah, found no, himself sure. last season. Uh, Will Myers was back in the Reds lineup today. Todd, I I don't really want to draft Will Myers. Any case at all, aside from the park, like would you draft Will Myers? Um, yeah, and I did. I'm looking up the round right now. You're going to cringe, but I've got him in the 12th round of the TGFBI. I, I, and a 15 teamer, that's not crazy, but uh, it's a little crazy. <laughs> but, but I'm in a draft where there's some, I know people know what I know my lists and my lists are pre, he's pretty aggressive. And even though it's TGFBI, NFBC format, um, this is a go get them, go get, you know, don't, you know, there's there, people are dicking their guy when they want him. As I mentioned before, Ray Murphy took Jake McCarthy in the sixth. Um, you know, I was, I joked to him and I said, I, he picked him right after I picked, made a pick. I was like, I thought my McCarthy sweat would last more than one pick. Um, but you know, Ray wanted him, Ray got him. So, um, yeah, Will Myers sounds like he's kind of one of your guys. Then He is. And it's, it's the park and I think he can run and I think the Reds will let him run. And if he doesn't play the whole season, I think when you draft him, you know, I'm drafting him low enough where. I don't know if I'll have him at first or I'll have him in, uh, in the outfield. I like the dual eligibility as well. It's a lot easier to replace a guy that gets hurt in the 12th, 13th, 14th round. I don't want easier. I mean, it's just as easy to replace Mike Trout, but it's just the re- the player the player isn't as good. So you get, you know, the drop-off isn't as much for a replacement in that round as it is in earlier rounds. So I, I want the upside. I want Myers in my lineup um, when the Reds are at home. So you think he has a little, you know, Brandon Drury type path this year where he I think I think, you know, it's tough to make the comparisons of that nature, but I think there's I think there's still some stuff left in 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 Myers bat. It's all about the health. Uh last year, eh, 713 OPS, but he didn't run so much, but he had some knick-knack things, didn't even play half a season. So, it, it, I think to me, I'm betting more on the health than the skills i think if he plays i think if he's healthy he will play pretty well yeah, i think best case scenario for a guy like will myers is he plays well and gets flipped i think that's you know he's been open about you know why he signed with cincinnati he wants to get those numbers boosted up in great american yeah. small park and kind of revitalize his career a little bit right uh, but it's, then you have to wonder you know where does he end up how much does he play with another team but if he plays well enough to merit getting flipped yeah 
you know, I mean, I will, you know, recognize that. And by the time July 31st or whenever the trade deadline is this year, early August, whenever it is, I will have a plan B. You know, if, if, if I don't feel Myers will be playing regularly or, you know, et cetera, I will have uh, I will have a contingency ready to go. And, hey, there's every chance, not every chance, but there's a team. What if he gets moved to a, a team where he's still hitting well and it's a more runs because it's a better lineup than the Reds? It could help him. We'll see. It's a good point that if he's flipped at the deadline, he's probably already hit well enough to justify yeah, your spot, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But I do worry about that with guys like him and like Crone. Like, do I want to draft Crone thinking he's probably going to end up somewhere outside of cores? I, I think he's there. Maybe I'm thinking too big picture. Well, they that. signed him to the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I don't think if they had, if they hadn't signed CJ Crone to the contract. I'd be a little bit concerned, but I, I, I think we're okay with Crone. Who knows? I'm trying to remember, is there someone breathing down his neck as far as as far as far a backup goes? I don't think so. Not really. Michael Tosby is listed, but I don't think any of their minor leaguers are going to come up. So unless they want to move Nolan Jones over to first, which I doubt, I think he's pretty safe. I suppose the Rockies are notoriously hard-headed about trying to compete too so maybe, <laughs> maybe they don't uh, trade him but it's just something that's been in the back of my mind with crone i mean yeah i, I guess chris bryant and yes if, if you hear that sound it is what you think it is um chris bryant could move to first and one of you know veen one of you know one of the outfielders young outfielders could could move in uh yeah we could see veen this year maybe yeah and then you know and so I, I sure there's a pathway i mean if someone offers the rockies a decent amount for crone I could see it, but I don't think it's going to prevent me from drafting him. Well, we'll talk a little bit about the great fantasy baseball invitational in a second, but let's first throw to a quick word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. The only podcast you're going to hear this week, I think, uh, with two overall TGFBI winners. Uh, I did it in 2018. Why were you 2019? Were you the next year? Yeah, unless unless Tanner interviews Kevin, I think we're safe. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's an honor, you know. And thanks to Justin Mason for, for giving us this platform to play and so much to talk about throughout the year with TGFBI. It's it's a great great competition. It sounds like you guys are making good headway in your draft. We're stuck in the 12th round of my draft, but uh, you guys are getting pretty far. Uh, yeah, again, apologize for the noise. There's an open door near me. and uh, oh, Anyway, okay. um, I'm not sure what you're hearing or not. We have just begun the 20th round. I just made my 20th round pick. Nice. And who was it? It was, drumroll please, Sean Manaya, my ninth pitcher, my sixth starter, which means I have three closers and it's a mixed league. So who 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 does he have? Uh, but yeah, he's my he's my sixth starter. Um, I, Sean Manaya was a driveline guy, right? He went to driveline. Yeah, yeah. He, I like the park. I like the streaming aspect of it. He's due for a bounce back. But yeah, I um yeah, I teased it. I mean, I I um I mentioned on the radio earlier about Scott Scott Barlow being kind of the uh, last available full time closer, and I actually got him got him in the ninth round of TGFBI. Um, Followed it up with Andres Munoz with the plan on getting Seawald, but Seawald went a little earlier than I was willing to, to to double tap or you know double ding the Seattle bullpen. So I took a chance, and I'll admit it was partially on some information from our buddy Dean Peterson who follows the White Sox. I got some information because we're covering the White Sox in a panel today at first pitch where we're talking about the new managers. So I sent Dean some questions about the White Sox, sent Craig Mission questions about the Marlins to get some stuff. So I have approximately three hours to act on that information before I make it public. Uh, and he thinks Graveman will be the guy at the beginning. So I get Kendall Graveman. Oh, as I see. I was kind of wondering how this tied back to the uh, the White Sox. But okay, yeah, right. So yeah. I got Kendall Graveman as my circuitous uh, I, 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 route, but I'll get you there. I'll get, I'll get there. No, you could. Um, I just I was looking at your tweet uh, from March first, and I didn't see Graveman. That's yeah, no. So Graveman was my seventeenth rounder. Um, nice. So it is an overall competition, and I think you do need some saves. The year that I took it down, I got Kirby Yates, who was not. He ended up being the best closer, but he was like a fifteenth or sixteenth rounder, which is what you need to do in these leagues in order to, to win the totally. overall. Um, so that's I'm kind of hoping again. Maybe you know I'm not. I hope I hope Leon Hendricks is back, you know, March uh, May first, and that I have to drop Graveman just because. But um, you know, who knows what's going to happen? And Munoz versus Seawald, I don't know, and we'll see what Barlow does. So we'll see. The year I wanted, I had Blake Trinan somewhat okay. late, and so yeah, it is important to hit on one of those guys. And I think I got Munoz too in my draft, tenth round, just like you did. I feel like he's the guy. Maybe he's going a little bit higher than. Trinan was it might have been around the same spot. This is a guy who does have the skills to be the number one closer. 
Now, maybe he does have to continue sharing it with Seawald, but that team's going to be pretty good. And if Munoz gets to like 25 to 30 saves, I mean, maybe not number one, but a top five type of closer. Yeah, I think, and I don't think we know the answer to this yet. I think we think we know, but I don't know that we know. Seattle used the committee approach because they had to. And then it was just so darn successful. So, you know, they, they traded for Munoz. They picked up Ken Giles. It sounded like they were looking for a closer, but they just made the best of a situation when they didn't have him. And now that Munoz is healthy and offseason, you know, there's a chance that Seawall, I mean, he's not going to get zero saves. But like you said, there's a chance Munoz does get two out of three or whatever it might be, and it's not a not a Havsy sort of thing. And uh, the the ancillary, the, the strikeouts and the ratio should be fine. So I think it's – he's kind of like the – he was – he's the you – know, because I took him out to Barlow, who's my cutoff line. To me, he's the top questionable closer. Yeah, I feel like Munoz – and like Pete Fairbanks with those guys in that range yep. that I really liked. Fairbanks is getting a little pricey now. He went. Um, I, he was the guy. I wasn't thinking about Graveman. Yeah, but he was the guy I wanted as my next. You know, my third. But like you just mentioned, he went up. He went pretty good, pretty high. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I like both those guys as guys who could you know surge and finish well ahead of where they were taken, but. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's it is important to hit on one of those guys, but uh, maybe priced out on Fairbanks and drafts. Fairbanks went the twelfth. Okay, I think he went. Let me see where he went in mine. He went in the ninth in my draft. Okay, well that's that's really yeah because I had taken having taken Barlow and Munoz in the ninth and tenth. I wanted to get back to hitting, um, so I wasn't ready to take a third closer at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Munoz versus Fairbanks straight up is kind of interesting. I think I'd take Fairbanks, but I'd like to get grab both of those guys honestly if I can. Uh, kind of hard to spend nine ten on closers, but if you don't draft one earlier, maybe that's too solid a uh, fallback. Well, yeah, right. You have to understand, you know, understand the mindset, the thinking that led up to that point. And I don't know. It wasn't designed, but I just I didn't think Munoz would get back, and I did want a second, somewhat decent closer. And looking, looking at who went in between, okay, Joanne Duran went in between. I gotta believe Munoz would have gone. Alexis Diaz went. Actually, he's I think you can put him in that group, um, that the same group, and then just use not taking Diaz based on the team. Although there's some talk that he could be more of a multi-inning guy as well. But I think when they say multi-inning, I think they mean eighth and ninth, not seventh and eighth. Well, we'll see. The stolen base category is always a tough piece of the puzzle to put together. I drafted Julio Rodriguez, you know, first uh, with my first round pick, second overall. And then I grabbed Corbin Carroll in the fifth, got Ahmed Rosario. Uh, But I'm still trying to chip away at, at steals. How did you tackle that category? Probably not as well as I should have. So I started with Freeman Endeavors. So I got like four. And, you know, maybe I have eight. I don't know. We'll see what Freeman does. He Maybe he's good for 10. Anyway, I may have pushed Cedric Mullins up a little bit in the fourth round. But I, I got Cedric Mullins. I got Danzy Swanson a couple rounds later. Who I, you know, it wasn't because of steals. I just happened to like. But my, 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 my dice throw or dart throw, if you will, on steals 
And the thirteenth, C.J. Abrams. Um, mm-hmm. We talk about him leading off. I, I just I, that that's that that that's kind of my. If I do well, it's going to be because C.J. Abrams did pretty good too. And that's about all I've got right now. I was re- and I mentioned Will Myers. I really, really like Astoria Ruiz as a luxury steals item, not as a I need him to steal in order to meet my number sort of guy. And I think he is in the process of going from the luxury range to the Miles Straw range, where he's the guy that people are going to take if they feel they're short on steals. And I was kind of bummed he went a little earlier than I was willing to go. It's his OVP in the minors was fantastic, Asturio Ruiz. It hasn't translated yet, but it's only been like 30 games. Mm-hmm. And fan graph translations aren't very promising, but if he translate that, that translates that OBP anywhere close to the minor leagues, Ruiz is going to steal 50 bases, and he's going to do it's it. It's still 80-some, right? Yeah, yeah. So again, the, the difference between I want I don't want to say all right I've got Ruiz's fifty I only need seventy more, I want to say I have one hundred and ten, and Ruiz's fifty could win me the league, you know. Yeah, Story Ruiz is a really interesting X factor right now. They brought in JJ Blade, who I saw was starting over yep. in center uh, at least early on in the spring. Yep, a, a lot players. more draft pedigree with a guy like Blade, but I think they should give both these guys plenty of playing time. It's the land of opportunity. They got to see what they have in these yeah. guys. So Ruiz yeah, those the, OBP skills you mentioned with Ruiz are interesting. He went in the 16th. Is that too high for you? Story Ruiz, eh, maybe if you're in a tough spot with steals. Yeah, that's seems like a little where, aggressive. But. Yeah, I think that's around where you can you can think about um, taking the chance. Now, I was on the road. And I'm not going to use this as an excuse, but uh, I had a pre-draft. And I, I, I put Austin Hayes in, and that's who I got. Had I been, you know, making the pick live or, you know, thinking about it, et cetera, I may have taken Ruiz to make sure I get him at that point. But, I'm, you know, no crying over spilt milk. I didn't get him. Um, I, I'm not unhappy at all with Austin Hayes. Kind of happy about it. But that would have been my chance to get Ruiz. He'll definitely be a player to, to keep an eye on and, and drafts to come, if he's looking like he has playing time, that speed's going to really tantalize and somebody's going to jump him aggressively. Well, Todd, let's switch gears here a little bit and uh, get into our underdog best ball segment of the week. Tough one this week, at least for me to come up with. Our top five do not draft players on underdog. By the way, with Underdog, definitely be sure to use promo code RWMLB. They'll not only double your de- initial deposit up to 100 bucks, but you also get six months of Rotowire for free. So really a heck of a deal. And I'm having a lot of fun playing on there. Again, promo code RWMLB. With the guys I'm not ending up with, not drafting on Underdog, really are, you know, uh, contest-specific. A lot of these guys getting pushed up because of the format. Like a guy like Kyle Schwarber, who's number one on my list, ADP 16.2 on underdog. That's one that maybe it's a disconnect between Roto and, and these, this points league but and the, the outfield madness that we've talked about. But 16 for Kyle Schwarber seems way too high, even in a points format. 
or he's not docked for the low average. Um, this feels one where people are chasing the outfield position a little too much after that first tier and pushing Kyle Schwarber up more than he deserves. I get him ranked thirteenth overall for so best. Yeah, in this in this format, using the uh, re- outfield replacement, blah blah blah. Schwarber is my thirteenth overall. Now I usually haven't gotten him, but um, I don't. I, I think I, I can see where it's coming from. I'm going to be honest. I, I did not do is what picking my players because you got me on the road and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, traveling this week. So I'm going to do That's more right. of a. Um, I'm going to do more about fill. You know, you said do not draft. I'm going to be more of a complete complete the following sentence: do not draft. So my first do not draft is do not draft your third infielder before you have at least three outfielders, and three pitchers. Okay. That's a little um, – yeah, it's just more that I have to type down, but that's a good <laughs> way to go go about it. Uh, so wait I got that field. down so that people so can – Just put wait on the infield. Yeah, it's crazy the infielders that are still sitting around late. And with that in mind, kind of leads into my next guy, Bobby Witt Jr., ADP 32. You don't need steals to compete in the category – um, I wonder exactly how valuable the bat will be in this points format. And ADP of 32 with guys like Real Muto hanging around late, all these great infielders late. I feel like Bobby Witt's honestly kind of a bust picket at 32 uh, in this format. Got a no, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, I think I think I agree with you there because I have him 48th overall. So there, yeah, that's there, well there below I, I, will, I will agree as far as that goes. Um, I'm going to come up with some players just because, but my next, uh, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, do not draft anybody who's hurt. You only (laughs) get 10 active players and you get 20 spots. You're going to get players that are hurt anyway. And there's no, there's no, um, pickup placement. Yeah. No pickups. People are taking Bryce Harper. All right, you know what? There's my do not draft. Do not draft Bryce Harper. And I don't know if he's on your list or okay. not. No, he was do not, not draft on my Bryce list. Harper. People, what they're saying, because and this is a cut line sort of format, and where after a certain time, the top two teams make it, and then they keep cutting them down. So what people are in, you know, in, in their glory minds are saying, if I can get to the playoffs and then Bryce Harper comes back, I'm going to win it. I don't – I want to get there first. And I don't think – this is my first in the format, so maybe that is the way to go. But I don't believe it is, at least from where I'm sitting, which right now is in West Palm Beach behind this big orange thing. But um, so I'm not drafting Bryce Harper because I think that spot's too valuable. I want to get to the playoffs. And who's to say that he's that he's going to carry you anyway? So do not draft Bryce Harper. I like that one, too. I considered him for my list because I'm with you. Like, he's not going to give you anything over the first three months. That's just a dead roster spot through the, the first prelim stages of the contest. So I'm with you there. And I actually have two outfielders next up on my list. Adolis Garcia at 43 on underdog. He really, as a do-not-draft player for me, carries over to, to Roto as well. Just don't get it. Uh, I mean, he's played well the past few years. Don't get me wrong. But that's been despite some really shaky plate skills that I think leave him open to some uh, significant downside. So I have him on my do-not-draft at 43 on underdog. And then the other outfielder, Luis Robert. ADP 48.8 on underdog. He's, I mentioned this to, to Jeff and he pushed back and it really isn't 
quite getting to Mondesi levels, but I'm got, starting to get a little, you know, with all the missed time from Luis Robert, starting to get a little Mondesi vibe with the missed time anyway. Um, and at that price point, I just think it's it's too steep. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, you say Mondesi, I think Byron Buxton, although maybe Buxton's too good of a talent for, for Robert, but I think Robert's talent for a while was in that Buxton range. But uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you as, as far as that goes. Now, I actually had a player. Um, yeah, well, all right, so Musgrove fits into the injured. So what I'm going to say is I'm going to use you, Darvish, and it's more about um, – and I know that you don't get a whole ton of two-start weeks, but I don't – I'm, I'm going to shy away from the, the, the rotations that have six-man rotations because that reduces the ability to get a two-start week even further. Mm-hmm. And it's those two start weeks that really bump up your points when you only got three pitchers. Um, and the way I play is I want my first two pitchers in there every week and I'm looking for a guy to spike in that third week. So I need the two starts and San Diego and some other teams just aren't getting as good as Darvish is. It's going to be, he's just not going to get to, uh, you know, if you get 32 starts in 26 weeks, you're only looking at six or seven, two start weeks, the way things play out, you know, and then you're down to four. If that, with uh, six-man rotations. So Darvish is – I'm going to say Darvish as my representative for pitchers on staffs with six-man rotations. Nice. My final do-not-draft player on underdog for this year is Hunter Green, and this pains me to say as a Reds fan. But at ADP 91, that's even higher than he's going in most drafts I see. So much working against the guy – Bad park to pitch in, brutal park to pitch in, frankly. I mean, it's reaching Coors levels. A great American small park in terms of runs scored. Bad team, two-pitch guy, and as great as that fastball is, if hitters are sitting on it, you know, they'll poke it out of that park. So uh, Hunter Green is a guy that, you know, with the talent, I think people are chasing the upside, but I think it'll be a year or two more before it really comes together in full for Hunter Green. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. It's nice to hear you, you know, be bi- un- non-biased about the Reds. When you yeah, said bias green, in the other direction. Yeah. Negative when I, bias. When I hear you said uh green, I'm thinking Riley Green who's actually on my I, I like this guy list. And I'm oh, I, you know what? I'm going to go with a guy and it's, it has nothing I was trying to think of guys inherent to um Underdog strategy. So I'm a little out of my element. I'm not in my room. I'm like in a big hallway here. So I'm a little slower today. I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, just a little. You know. But anyway, um, I'm going to use a guy that uh, I'm going to say Spencer Strider. Okay. And I kind of kind of alluded to my I want two pitchers who I expect to be in my lineup every week. When I'm at, when I'm at 12 in this thing, I, I would I've been I got Burns and Cole like twice. Um, so I want my two pitchers really early. It doesn't have to be Burns and Cole. And then my third pitcher, out of, I'm drafting six pitchers total. I was at seven. I'm drafting six pitchers total. Well, one of those four to just pop in that week. Um, to me, with Striders being drafted, he's being counted on every week. And I don't know how many innings he's going to get. And I, I, I think he's, the innings is going to be tempered. So the same way as in Roto, the same reason here, I don't see him getting the innings commensurate with his draft price. Hey, that's fair. I know we differ on Strider, but uh, you, you make a lot of good points. So my top five do not draft on underdog, Kyle Schwarber, Bobby Witt Jr., 
Adolise Garcia, Luis Robert, and Hunter Green. And Todd's do not draft your third infielder before you have at least three outfielders and three pitchers. Do not draft anybody who's hurt, including uh, Bryce Harper. Do not draft you, Darvish, and then Spencer Strider. Well, great stuff, Todd. That'll do it for the underdog best ball segment today. Um, and before we transition back to TGFBI talk, I want to bring you a quick word from Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes it super easy. If you're fed up with your commission service, uh, there's really only one place to go, and that's Fantrax. You can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. They're just a quick email away from anything you need adjusted. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. And the best part of it, it's all free. Also, if you're a Vlad Jr. Mark like myself, you can sign up today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. So as we wrap things up today, Todd, I wanted to just get to um, you know a few more of our draft picks here in TGFBI. How did you address the catcher position? Real quick, before we – I don't mean to interrupt, not something to interrupt, but I'm, I'm looking on Twitter. The Red Sox are shifting on Joey Gallo using the left fielder and the rover position in right field and leaving left field completely open. Now, keeping in mind that they play, and this is Will Middlebrooks pointing this out, um, otherwise known as Jenny Dell's husband, um, with the short left field wall, worst case scenario is, you know, the, 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 it's, a, it's like a double regardless. So this is why you can still do interesting defensive linemen's within the rules the, the four infielders are, are, are playing where they're supposed to be, but there's literally the, the left fielders in right field. I was wondering, I figured Joe Madden, but he's not at the team be the first to do something like this. It's interesting. That it's Alex Cora. We'll see if he does it in the game or whether he's just practicing with it uh, in spring training. Cause they're not at jet blue. They're not at jet blue. They're on the road. Uh, they must be in uh, Minnesota's home park. Um, so, but that, that's interesting. But as far as catchers go, speaking of Minnesota, I'm only halfway done with my catchers. I did not want to wait as long as I did, but I do have one guy that I am very much interested in as a late pick, so I, I didn't get too worried about it. I got Christian Vasquez, um, I think maybe the 19th okay. round, which I'm, I like that. I'm going to take a shot with my second catcher, and I, I don't know that anybody's listening. I don't know how long I'm going to wait. Call me a homer on the Red Sox homer, if you will, but I think it's more about just being aware of than it is being a homer at this point. I think Jorge Alfaro, if he doesn't win the job, is going to get a significant portion of the Red Sox catching job. Hmm. Get hit, and so I'm on roster invitee, right? Yeah, exactly from San Diego. I'm going to draft him as my second catcher, and if I don't, if he doesn't work out, I will find somebody else. But I'm going to take a shot. At Alfaro is I don't know how long I'm going to go with him or how long I'm going to wait, 
but um, I'm going to take Alfaro. See, I am drafting with Ray Murphy, who may or may not have the same thoughts because he's a, a local guy from Boston. I will check to see what he's got on catchers. He only has one. He only has Salvador Perez, which does not bode well for me because <laughs> uh, maybe he's thinking the same thing that I am. So um, if, 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 if you're my TGFBI league and Ray's clock runs out, it's not because I put him in a closet. Well, we had an interesting note on Alfaro just yesterday that he has a upward mobility clause in his contract with yes. Boston. So he would be allowed to sign with a major league or a major league deal elsewhere if Boston yes. doesn't plan to have him on the roster by March twenty fifth. So either way, it sounds like he'll be in the majors. Yep. Right. So yeah, that's a sneaky one. I like that. Uh, I was you know, I paid up a little bit more, at least for my first catcher. I haven't drafted my second yet, but I got Wilson Contreras. In the seventh round, is he a guy you're in on, or is that kind of a new face or familiar face, new place he might might worry about with the the big contract? Is is an answer is is not out on an answer? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not out on him. You're agnostic. I'm not, I'm not saying oh the park. I'm you know, I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. you know he's not on my do not draft list. I don't know you know I don't know that I'm targeting him if you will. I hate to say that you know you let you let the draft come to you. Um, but I'm not going out of my way to get him. But I'm not avoiding him either. Yeah, I'm going to have to figure out what to do with that second spot. But, um, you know, as we've talked about before, I'm just a little bit more willing to pay up at the catcher position this year because past the most recent years anyway, man, I've found it really hard to have the 14 best hitters over the course of a full season when you got two stinkers at the, I, I at the catcher to. position. I'm not saying you to, have stinkers. At the no, 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 no. I, I wanted to draft up a little bit. It just it mm-hmm. never, it never presented itself. And again, I don't want to use this as an excuse, but when you're traveling, you know, you, you preset your, your, you know, I think I want an outfield on a pitcher in this turn. You, you set them, but based on the flow, maybe, you know, oh, geez, now I better have taken my, my catchers now. You know, I don't know that I would have done a thing different. I'm not saying I would have. But it's a little bit of a. And this is, you know, to be honest with you, Clay, this is why I didn't do the TGFBI the first year that you that you that you won it because yeah. I knew I was traveling, and it was on a different a different uh, different platform, and they don't the 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 multi the pre draft platform is not as robust. You can only do one round at a time, and here you can do multiple rounds and have the cues be different. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I've been doing in order to keep it. You know, and it's, so. Yeah, I love how you can set a queue just for each specific round. That's so nice yeah. on NFBC. Yeah. So anyway, so um, yeah, and, and you know, looking at my tiers, I just mentioned I've been doing my tiers. I, you know, I, you know, I it called in last year's players, and it, you know, where they are on the tier. I had to raise up that, you know, the raise up the players. A whole almost everybody had to go up like a whole tier. That just, but by that I mean they're just better. They were ranked higher this year as uh, in the aggregate. Yeah, it's still a very thin position, but there are some good young players coming in at the catcher position. Yeah, yeah. still a very uh, tricky one to figure out. Yeah. Now, Todd, you gave away a guy that you're hoping to get later on, and I'll give away a guy that I'm desperately hoping to get here, maybe with my next pick even. Let me jot this timestamp down for our, <laughs> uh, our guy, Alan. Um, maybe one of the best values on the entire board right now for me, and that's J.D. Martinez. Um, now, on underdog, like we discussed earlier, we talked about underdog. There, J.D.'s lumped in with the outfielders, so he's all the more appealing. 
UT only in traditional drafts, but look, I'm in the 12th round right now. I would like to get JD at 179, honestly. I mean, even as UT only, I I think consider where he was drafted last year. The year he had was not that bad. He's now with the Dodgers who have tremendous uh, coaching and development staffs. And he's with his original hitting coach that fueled the breakout initially uh, with Detroit. So I just think everything points to a nice bounce back. And at that cost, yeah, I'm thinking JD's one of the top uh, values on the hitting side. I know you hate that term. Yeah, well, um, the market values. Well, you know, if we put it that way, you know, relative to the market. Sure. sure. Um, you went in the thirteenth to Jen Piacenti in uh, in this league, and with watch out for her. She might take down the overall. Honestly, um, she's in my she, league. Be careful. No, um, no, Jen's a great player. Yeah. Um, and uh, and looking at the team, uh, no, she's not going to win. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, as far as Martinez and the utility goes, I'm a, I'm a lot more amenable to doing that in a league with Fab mm. because you you do it in a draft and hold, and inevitably you're looking at three corner infielders on your bench that are better than, you know, half of the play, you know, middle and, you know, or vice versa. You, you get less – you have less – flexibility to get the better players in there. I know you can sit the utility if he's not very good, but if he drafted, you know, Martinez, he's probably better, you know, than the backups. Point being, I, I like, with, without being able to maneuver my roster with Fab to make it all work, um, I'm not, I'm, I don't like to do the utility thing, but in this league, yes, you take the <clears throat> value. Uh, you, you take the you, you take the drop there and you make the rest with multiple position eligibility players or just being active in the fab market and shaping your roster so that you can keep it as strong as possible without using that spot. In my TGFBI draft, I mentioned I got Julio. So, yeah, it's nice power source. But then Corey Seager, Corbin Carroll, Wilson Contreras, Ahmed Rosario. I got Anthony Santander to, to make up for power. I still, like, I still feel like I need to a little bit. And I feel like JD can do that. Most projection systems have him around 20 homers, but I had 28 in 2021. I guess maybe I'm kind of just hoping that well, he can push up closer to 30. The Dodger Stadium is better for power for him than Fenway Park. Really? So I think nice. I think I don't remember what my number is on Martinez, but I'm pretty sure it's closer to 30. If it, if it's over under 25. I'm pretty sure I'm taking the over, and I think that's what you want, right? And last year, yeah. it was like Jose Abreu in that he pounded the ball, but he didn't lift the ball. So the yeah, overall it was a strange drop in over-the-fence power. Yeah, but I think I don't think he's lost it. Mm. So I, I, for a lot of the reasons that you just talked about, um, and I, I don't know, I don't remember that you mentioning Mookie Betts, but I don't think it hurts that he's back on a team with Mookie and comfortable and. And all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, uh, so what do I have? I have twenty six homers from Martinez. So, I guess I would take the over on twenty five. Nice, that's good for me to hear because I'm I'm going to have a lot invested in JD this year. And yeah, I just think there's still something there. Maybe there is a new newfound comfort level there sure. now with his old hitting coach. And yeah, maybe Mookie there. Why not? Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what JD can do. And plus, they already made it clear that. 
he's going to be DHing every day at the expense of some Will Smith starts. So the fact yep. that they're already saying, look, you're our everyday DH. We paid you $10 million to come in and, and DH. Yeah, and it's not like Will Smith can go play first base either. Uh, can he? No, well, he's they got they got a guy named Freddie Freeman. There. Oh yeah, they got a just a guy named Freddie Freeman. He's missed there. ten games in the past four years. Yeah, I know they said maybe Will Smith catches a little bit more to balance things out, but they said that Will Smith's going to get fewer DH starts. So it seems like yeah. they're dead set on on uh, Martinez being a key anchor in that lineup. Yep, for what projects to be one of the best teams in baseball again. Let's not forget. Well, take a look well, at their lineup. They're going to need JD. Yeah, I think they're banking on a, a big rebound from JD. And if the Dodgers are banking on it and betting on it, I'm going to bet on it. Not in all cases, but that is a uh, appeal to authority that I I will make. Todd, great stuff. Really want to thank you again for doing this on location. You know, traveling, but you still made time for us. Thanks, man. Anything else on your mind today as we wrap things up? Baseball's on my mind. Uh, now, now we're having, having some people are starting to come in. So, uh, <laughs> well, good we just, timing to wrap. Why don't we just sign her off? And I get. A, I'll go head over to the uh, first pitch forum, check out Labor tonight on SiriusXM, and uh, talk about my Labor team next week. Doing drafting AL on Saturday night. Good luck, and yeah, Jeff's Jeff Erickson's on the call tonight for the NL Labor, and good luck to you and James and everybody. Jason Collette tomorrow. You'll be at each other's throats and i'm looking forward to seeing who you guys battle over a reminder that we are sponsored by fan tracks and underdog fantasy we'll be back again todd and i next friday hope you'll join us on the rotowire fantasy baseball podcast everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.